0: Hey, Alexa, what crap did John Hicks say this week on the radio? I'm sure I don't want to hear it, but I'm interested to find out. Helping you solve the retirement puzzle. Welcome to the Retirement Solution with John Hicks.
1: Here with John Hicks, I'm Jennifer Perry. We'd love to hear from you here on the Retirement Solution podcast. You can always drop us an email with any questions for John at retirementsolutionradio.com and Today here on the show, John, we recognize a lot of people are already in kind of holiday mode like I am this week. And so we're going to focus today's show on achieving financial freedom. But there are a lot of different issues right now. They kind of seem to be stealing some of that freedom for us, including uh, Bernie Sanders' plan announced this week. Mm. We're going to talk more about that a little bit later on today's mm. show. but Do we have to? Mm, yeah, I think we have to get to that eventually. Uh. But I want to start with a positive here, because I think with this week in particular, I'm thinking about all the ways I want to spend my free time. And it's kind of like how people think of retirement. I think you start to make a wish list in your head of those things that you want to accomplish. And we actually ask some of our listeners to tell us What is on their bucket list? I would love to travel more. Play golf. Well, I can tell you my husband, yes, travel. That's his number one thing. Basically, he'll retire
0: in about four years.
1: Now, she doesn't sound very excited (laughs) about her husband traveling. Can I mention that? I hope she's not listening this morning, but... um...
0: It's because he's planning on not traveling with me. (laughs) Because... He says that I'm really no fun to have in the passenger seat when we're driving throughout the fifty states. Of the, oh my goodness, I, f- I feel bad for her. I know. M- I maybe do too. maybe she's much younger and he can retire in four years, but maybe she's got uh, another fifteen years to work.
1: Yeah, so she's that, jealous. That, that was makes little, sense. I was yeah. Those a little sad,
0: you know. But <laughs> but I would say about that, you know, sometimes and I've learned this over the years, Jennifer. Sometimes we don't have the exact same retirement dreams as our spouses. Oh. It, not only is it normal it's unbelievably common this is probably what most of us do and I know for women at least for the most part women for whatever reason have a much I say for whatever reason I know the reason <laughs> they have a much better social circle
1: yes you know it's very easy and, yeah, mm-hmm. it's very
0: easy for most of the women I know either as clients or or, or my own kids and my wife and my mom and, and mother-in-law and things it's very easy for them to find something to do because they have social circles for men I find it to be a little bit difference not challenging per se but i heard we heard the one guy say oh, i just want to play some golf
1: mm-hmm. and he's going to be happy doing that i yeah, have a feeling but-
0: exactly for a couple of days a week you know for a few hours to get away you know swing the club you know ruin a pair of golf uh, socks <laughs> and things like that there's nothing wrong with that you know and why was he going to ruin the golf socks you know because he's looking for his ball and all of the hazards uh, and the well, water sounds the like sand. he know
1: something about that mm-hmm. yeah see
0: I, I kind of agree with mark twain I think that, that golf is a great walk spoiled. You know, it, something about swinging the club because it's a Scottish rite of passage uh, sometimes is just lost on me, uh, mainly because I play terribly. Uh, but I think it's very important to understand, even though that a couple may have different ideas of what they want to do, you still have to find a way for it to all work out together so that each and every side, you can have a little bit that basically creates your new purpose for that different phase of your life.
1: And uh, that's the thing, John, trying to figure out what that next phase looks like and what you're going to fill up all your time with. But that's the thing about financial freedom. If you know that financially you can go out there and enjoy some of the things that you have on your bucket list, it makes it a lot easier to enjoy those years. But I'm wondering, are there some common traits that you see among people who you would say have reached that level, that financial freedom, where they're confident about going out there and spending what they worked so hard to save? To answer the question, I'd
0: say yes. Real quickly, what I would say is that over the last 25 years, when I see people that have basically all three uh, areas filled, number one, they know what they're going to do for their, what I would call daily operations. Okay. Basically, what is their purpose? Mm-hmm. And, and I think people have heard me say on the show before, you know, it's not what we're retiring from. You know, maybe you're tired of, of putting the widget in on, on that one apparatus at, at work. You're, it's not retirement from that. What are you retiring to? You know, what is the next purpose you're going to have? What we have found is that people that have what they know they're going to do because they have something to fulfill themselves, whether it's hanging out with their grandkids, but really doing a lot more civically minded things, or maybe they want to, they want to help with their church. I'm not talking a couple hours a week. You need to find something to do for you know 15, 20, 30 hours. You know, for guys, maybe it's you know you you put out a pole barn. I got a client that recently just he's like you know the, I got the house paid off last year, John. I just retired. I'm going to put a pole barn in the back and I'm going to do some woodworking. Cool. You know, may not like make that. much money at it, but at a minimum, if I can just you know help my uh, my grandkids' school create a lot of those wooden you know scenes for their plays, mm-hmm. uh, he goes I can do that in my spare time and enjoy that. Yeah. So he's spending a lot of hours doing that. But But basically, number one is retirement with a purpose. What are you doing that's gonna make you get up in the morning, no matter what time you get up, but get up and do something fun. Number two, they have to have a financial plan that's gonna go with the times. Basically, it needs to be written down and it needs to kind of be fail-proof. You know, I think a lot of folks out there when they have their financial plan, maybe they think, oh, well, you know, I've got these good diversified portfolio and uh, and if I pull 4% out of that a year, I'm gonna be in pretty good shape. But where are the safety nets? you know what what happens if everything goes wrong. You know, how is it going to still work out? And so the best plans out there, the people that feel the best, they're the ones that have that backup plan, basically that plan B Mm -hmm. that if everything goes completely wrong, their income is still completely taken care of so that they can weather the storm until things get back in the right direction. So for most of us, that means we need three to four completely separate income streams to live off in retirement.
1: Three to four. Wow. Yeah. But
0: basically that, that, as far as retirement goes, as far as Mm -hmm. feeling good, it doesn't matter what you invest in. Realistically, as long as you have a backup plan and you have three to four different income streams, anyone I've seen that has that, they constantly feel great. They talk about how great they feel. I don't care if you own a, a part of a subway or a part of a Texas roadhouse, as long as they get income from three to four sources, mm-hmm. they're good. And the last one right there would be a spiritual outlet. They need some form of a spiritual retirement. You know, I think a lot of us, you know, for me, I'm Christian mm-hmm. and I was, I was basically raised Episcopal, uh, since we've had kids, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm now Catholic. We can to Catholicism, but, but I talk to so many wonderful people that all believe in their own faith and that's all good. It's mm-hmm. all great, but you need a, a, a spiritual fulfillment. And here's the reason why, because what I have discovered over the years, it is very hard to be fearful when you're focused on the things that you're thankful for. Yeah. And that is the, probably the, the biggest point. So when you look at all of the greatest world's religions, what they teach us is to be thankful for what we have. And the main reason for it is because there's not a place in our heart, there's not a place in our soul that if we're thankful that we can experience the same fear. And so the people that have all three of those, they know what they're going to do each and every day. They know what's going to get them up. Then they have a, a game plan that even if everything goes wrong, they know they can stick with. They have various income sources that can all work even when things go wrong and they a spiritual, let's call it satisfaction, Mm -hmm. because they're thankful for what they have. That means that it takes away the fear, and that way you can live each and every day and not be staring at the financial papers or worried about what the president tweeted or worried who was going to win the next election. Those people typically do really well, Jennifer. They really have great retirements. Those are the ones that typically will write us postcards mm-hmm. when, when they've gone to see the grandkids in, in Milwaukee or they've just taken a trip and seen the Turks and Caicos Islands um, or they've just come back from a, a, of a world uh, wind trip to Greece where they got to see where those things came from. And we do get postcards all the time from these folks. I love it. And it's not that they're just traveling. It's that they're experiencing the things that make them feel good, but it's all because they know what their purpose in retirement is and how they're going to win connect with us at
1: retirement solution radio.com i have to kind of bring the mood down just a bit this week john because we are watching some of the headlines right now especially from Mm. our various presidential candidates uh including the democrats bernie sanders we've known for a long time that he wants to wipe out student debt but this week he actually told us how he plans to pay for it
0: our proposal which costs $2.2 trillion over 10 years, will be fully paid for by a tax on Wall Street speculation similar to what exists in dozens of countries around the world.
1: Okay, so I saw a lot of millennials really, really happy about this, John. But what about the people that you work with? I mean, he's saying speculation tax. That sounds like it would be a limited tax, but what does it really mean?
0: Well, here's what it really means, Jennifer. Okay, I, I told John to take a side, a sidebar. Oh, I pushed him out
1: of the studio. Awesome. Okay.
0: I need to be certain that we understand what this really means. It <laughs> means that we're going to take money from those who have it, and we're going to give it to those who don't have it.
1: Oh. it's very simple. Oh, okay, similar um, to what they do in other countries. Just so like socialism or something. I love yeah. socialism. Uh, oh,
0: okay. I think. Our job is not to make America great again. That sounds ridiculous to me. <laughs> I think we should make America mediocre for once. Let's <laughs> give mediocre a shot.
1: Is this on think your campaign t-shirts, Bernie? I,
0: I'm, I'm, John was going to make them for me. Okay. I wanted to say specifically, make America mediocre for once. See how that works out. <laughs> oh, I want to wow. be known as the man with the plan of taking all the money that we work our butts off for, we scrimp for, we save for. People have lost their lives fighting for the freedom, so we can do this, so that our government can take it and give it to other people. All right, that's so. what I think we should stand for, Senator. Senator, can I have you step out for just a minute here? You, you've <laughs> taken over Elbow the airways, unfortunately, yeah. long enough on this one. But John, you don't seem to I. I understand, sir, but uh, but I will really want to explain this correctly because I think some of the things that Bernie Sanders has said recently make me really nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, he said that his program, and by the way, let's talk about what he's trying to do. Guys, he's trying to drum up some votes. Since they outlawed getting people all hammered, throw them in the back of the paddy wagons and taking them to vote in Tammany Hall, which is what, what they used to do, which is why typically you cannot drink on the days of elections anymore. Mm. You know, all because of our great friends up in Boston. Hold on, where's, where's Bernie from?
1: Uh, I think he's, he's from, from Vermont. Vermont. He's from Vermont, yeah. He's
0: from Vermont. So, but the point is, is what, what he's trying to say is, we're going to have Wall Street pay for this, or we're gonna have a tax on Wall Street speculation pay this $2.2 2 trillion. Guys, $2.2 2 trillion is a ton of money. If you counted backwards... 1 trillion seconds ago it was 30,000 BC. Oh, wow. 1 trillion seconds ago to give you an idea of how big that is, 1 trillion seconds ago was 30,000 years ago. It's unreal. And he wants to pay 2.2 trillion dollars in new taxes on Wall Street speculation. But what does he mean by Wall Street speculation? Here's what he simply means. Anyone that invests in their 401k in their IRA in their Roth, their SEP, their Simple, even their TSP or Thrift Savings Plan, all of those invest potentially in mutual funds and things that can invest in Wall Street, even bonds. And those things are all part of Wall Street speculation. Mm -hmm. It's a bet on Wall Street. And because of that, every one of those accounts would have an additional tax on it. So guys, think about this for a minute. A couple things first. First thing first, is giving any group of people something for free ever worked out in building responsibility. Nope. One of the things that Senator Sanders keeps talking about is that we owe a service to these young people and these young people who at this point have, let's be honest, they haven't done a ton yet, but instead of having them work for it, instead of them facing challenge straight in the eye and finding a way around it, like every other generation before them has done in this country. Instead of doing that, no, let's give them handouts for those of us that have worked our butts off to save what we got. So we could send our own kids to college. So we could potentially one day have a retirement or pay for health care costs that we don't yet know how they're going to work out for us. And he wants to take it from us. And he wants to say that we, we're the bad guys because we invest in our economy, in our country, which is Wall Street. He's trying to demonize us in front of our face and take money that does not belong to him. Guys, this very idea is tyrannical. This is the tyranny. This is the tyranny that got William Wallace in Scotland to fight against the English. This is exactly it. They weren't just ticked off. It was tyrannical forces that did what? Oppressed them? No, it took away their freedom. It kept them from being free. And so if you think back, if you remember the movie Braveheart and you remember William Wallace and you remember as he sat there on his horse approaching all the men who were getting ready to fight, why are they willing to fight? Because the tyrannical forces of the English were about to oppress them, to steal their money, to take money from them. William Wallace said, run and you'll live at least a while. And dying in your beds many years from now, Would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance? Just one chance to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take
1: our freedom!
0: (laughs) That was good. Wow. And how true is that based on this BS where they're trying to tell us, wow, you've done well you've saved money. We've told you to believe in capitalism for the sake of our country. And now we're going to take some from you before you even have a chance to say anything of it.
1: John, that's the scary part, I think, for most of us. We don't know who's going to be in office after next year. We don't know which of these kind of crazy proposals that keep coming out are actually going to affect us in the future. So, what the heck do we do about it if we are you know, saving in those 401ks, IRAs, and we're worried about things like a speculation tax from Bernie and company?
0: The biggest thing to understand is the tax code is over 75,000 pages. Every one of those pages is a real way that we can decide to save money or not. If we don't understand that, we need to work with an advisor who does understand it so we can navigate this stuff so that we're not standing right on that railroad track when the Bernie Sanders locomotive with new taxes blows right over us. And it's probably not going to be him, but whoever it's going to be, because the other side wants nothing more than to make sure they take away what we've saved. Because those of us that have done a good job, we got the bullseye on us, guys. We have the bullseye on us if we've done a great job saving. And we need to make sure that we can fix that. So if if a tax strategy is not a written part of your actual retirement game plan, you got to get one. Don't let this train come down the path too soon for us. We've got to be able to be prepared for that. Have questions for John? Drop us an email at retirementsolutionradio.com.